The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, POD Cast. Here for another week, the Pride of Detroit POD Cast. It's called POD Cast because it's the Pride of Detroit, and we aren't that creative. Anyways, my name's Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. I'm filling in for Chris Perfett, who is working some overnights, getting some sleep, much needed sleep, hopefully, and, and also going through a little move in California. So, um, still on the West Coast for all you West Coasters that are hoping to one day run into him and his uh, flowery button-up shirts. But for now, we got a new crew for this week in the podcast. We got some news to talk about. We got a list cast again, and we're going to preview some games. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host. With us, as always, is Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock god. The rock god. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jeremy. Ready for list cast. It's my favorite time of the year. Yes, it is a great time of year because also we're getting a little bit closer to football. And by the way, that's Ryan at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Don't You're wanna, doing an adequate job. <laughs> adequate job. You're filling in wonderfully for Chris. Thank you. And filling in for me as a co-host, as I fill in for Chris, is Jerry Mallory at Jerry Mallory NFL on Twitter, I believe. Jerry, how are you doing today? Back is the beep, Jazz God. What's up, guys? <laughs> jazz God. I want a title, are, too. Are you big into jazz? Nope. Okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna have to work on that then, I guess. Jerry Mallory, black by popular demand. <laughs> black by popular demand. <laughs> All Missed right, you, Jerry. Miss you, Jerry. This, we, we, this we is a good cold are. open, guys. This this is how you cold open. This is how you do it, amateurs. <laughs> listen up. Well, let me tell you what's in store for the podcast going forward. We're gonna do a cornerback list cast. We'll see how high everyone has Darius Slay, or if he even made the list. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see. Um, We're going to preview games five through eight of the 2019 Detroit Lions season. So right out of that bye, they start off with uh, at Green Bay on Monday night. We'll we'll talk about each of those matchups. But before we get into any of that, um, there is a little bit of news to talk about it. Unfortunately, none of it is particularly good news. Um, First of all, Glover Quinn has officially retired. I guess that's not bad news per se. it's clear that he wants to spend some more time with family, but it's kind of sad that we'll never see Glover Quinn play on a football field again. Um, it was obviously a pleasure to watch him in, in Detroit for, what, six years? 
guys, uh, what what are you going to remember most about Glover Quinn's career, and not just necessarily in Detroit? When we when we first signed him, I, you know, I knew somewhat about him, but it was kind of like a, a low key signing. Sure. It was like, okay, cool, we got this guy from Houston. As you start doing, re- you know, once a guy comes here, you do a little bit of research on him. You start to figure him out a little bit, and you start hearing all these good things. Like, hey, this guy's pretty underrated. You know, he's been durable. He's a leader on and off the field. So, you know, my excitement level increased. And when he finally came here, he lived up to everything, if not more. I mean, Absolutely. if you're talking about some of the uh, some of the best free agent signings, when you factor in price, you know, kind of under the radar, him and Golden Tate, probably the first two that come to mind that, uh, just, you know, you, you didn't pay a ton for them and you got a lot of value. I think it's a shame uh, that he didn't get more Pro Bowl recognition. There was a couple of years there, absolute snub. And, you know, you think of a ton of different plays uh, that, you know, or just moments. I guess the, uh, the the Drew Brees moment, that big interception against the Saints, that's mm-hmm. kind of like his signature, uh, his signature play to put a ball on top of his career. So, yeah, great guy. And then the thing I like, too, is look at how the other cornerbacks Talk about him, defensive yeah. backs. Talk about him, respond to him. Even the way they looked at this guy, you could tell he was a natural leader and just like a great dude. So, you know, maybe he'll have a lane as a coach or something, you know, some type of way, be around the Lions in some capacity. Ryan, what are your, what are your thoughts and memories about uh, Glover Quinn? Uh, it, I think what stands out the most to me from Glover Quinn's time in Detroit is how you would consistently try to remind people <laughs> on Lions Twitter and then also through Pride of Detroit and your platform that Glover Quinn is really good and that he yeah. should be overlooked. I'm going to be honest. I mean, like, I loved Glover Quinn. As a safety, he seemed like he was the perfect perfect guy. Jerry, Jerry hit on a lot of the good points, you know, just one of those glue guys that I think every defensive every defensive backfield unit needs a guy that can kind of rally around veteran leader. Not only was he incredibly talented on the field, but seemed like he was one of the most well-respected players in the league too. Uh, And safety is a position that I think it's really easy for people to get like a rap in in, in playing like a less than, uh, you know, like in a, in a clean way, like playing in a dirty way just because of the hits and everything. But I don't think Glover Quinn ever caught any of that stigma or anything like that. He was just like a, I hate to do it, but he was one of those guys who just had that like Detroit mentality, like show up, <laughs> did his job, did it really well. And uh, I hope that people don't ever, you know, Glover Quinn's going to go down, I think is one of the, like the best Detroit Lions, like players of all time. Yeah. And it's interesting. I threw the question out to, to Lions fans, whether they think he should be in the, in the Lions ring of honor when, uh, when his name is called. And I think it's a pretty divisive question i think a lot of people are like no i mean you got to save that for you know the the calvin johnsons of the world and and things like that and it's tough to say because you know his full career wasn't here in detroit and he did only get one pro bowl i don't i don't know if he ever got all pro um lines didn't win a playoff game with him if you want to pull that card uh but it's tough because the, that kind of guy doesn't come around very often. And and maybe you don't see it a lot from the safety position. You don't see a lot of production because interception numbers are kind of the only thing you have to go off of. And he only led the league one year and interceptions kind of tailed off after that. But the, the kind of leader he was, the kind of example he was just, I mean, you could tell that guy just brims football smarts. The guy is a, a, a huge asset in the film room. You see his instincts there out, out on the field, um, not just with, 
the you know the Saints play, the Falcons play. The one that sticks out to me is is a run defense play, something that we didn't see a lot from him, but that Green Bay fourth down stop um, on a Monday or Sunday night was was also fantastic, and it just shows you the kind of instincts and smarts that guy had, and and they, those guys just you. If if there are lot guys that are that valuable in the film room, they, they're not. It, it doesn't bream off the the film as obvious as as it does with with Glover Quinn because that that guy was just one of the smartest guys you'll you'll ever probably meet in terms of a uh, football IQ. So that's what I'll remember him for. Hey, can I can I just add this though? You, you could kind of see the end was near uh, this year with his play. Yeah, um, there were debates. You know, is, is it because of the scheme? And I think at one point he said, "Hey, this is the first time." And, however long and I'm actually having to think because, you know, and then, uh, you know, if, if you can give him a moment where, you know, his, his play shines against breeze, I think the moment where it's like, Oh, has he lost a step? He wasn't a burner anyway, but you know, has he lost a step would probably be that preseason game. I know it's preseason, but right. you know, the season, the season kind of mirrored this one play in some ways against the uh, Raiders where uh, Marshawn Lynch, who isn't a burner, you know, he's, a, he's yeah. been a pretty effective guy, but he's not a, chicken spring uh chicken spring spring chicken himself <laughs> spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, and so uh and, and marshawn just ran right past him and it's like man that, that was kind of a bad looking play from glover and uh then his play on the field this year it, it was it was a market drop off so yeah. you know hate to see him go but it, it was kind of coming too it does seem kind of like the perfect time for him to walk away because i don't think his legacy is too tarnished from his 2018 performance i think there were a lot of other things that were going wrong in detroit where people kind right. of forgave him and um, and plus, the guy hit 10 years in the NFL, which is something which is not a minor accomplishment in and of itself. 10 years in the NFL is huge. He left pretty much at his peak, maybe not quite at his peak, but where he's still playing at a, a valuable level. And uh, now he gets to be with his family, which is pretty much the most important thing. And uh, we, we all obviously wish him well. It's not often that you get to retire a lion and still be in the fans' good graces, if we're being honest. Um, and and so far, Glover in his retirement has been nothing but complimentary for of Detroit. That helps a long ways too, since some players that have uh, retired a line have not had so nice things to say to Detroit. So um, that that's our send off to Glover. Uh, we hope you, this next step in your life with your family is a good one. Um, one let's one move other, on. One other, one other thing, yeah, one other yeah, one other thing, real quick to you, too, Jeremy, is that you mentioned that you know Glover Quinn did play ten seasons. The guy played 16 games every year except for his rookie year, yep, and he played in point. 15. So, yep. I mean, like, it, it wasn't 10 years of, of, of spotty play here or there, but, I mean, the guy played in 159 NFL games, and that's that's a pretty long career, and it really speaks to how reliable he was, too. And I think that that's one word that maybe gets thrown around a little bit too, uh, a little bit too carelessly, um, and I, I think he kind of embodied that. Like, every week you knew that, you know what? That guy's in our defensive backfield, and uh, and and we're going to be all that much better for it. So, uh, speaking of guys who have been around the league a very very long time, <laughs> uh, Jim Caldwell is in the news. Unfortunately, not for great reasons. Um, he's stepping away from his job with the Dolphins for a little bit, uh, dealing with a health issue in which, uh, in his words, uh, a medical complication that requires his full attention. Um, so that certainly sounds serious enough. Um, we don't, we don't necessarily have a lot of things to say necessarily about him. We, I, I think he was obviously one of, again, one of the coaches, one of the people around the Detroit Lions who actually kind of left on, on fairly good terms. Obviously, some fans wanted a, a, a coaching change, and they were right to do so, but back-to-back nine and seven seasons. 
that that should buy you a fair amount of goodwill in Detroit. Um, so we obviously wish him the best. Hopefully this isn't as serious as as maybe that sounds. Hopefully we get him back out there on the field soon. Um, it, it sounds like he still might be a part of the organization um, helping out here and there. But get get better, Jim Caldwell, uh, Papa Caldwell, what, whatever you call him, get better. Uh, you're, you're better. The, the, the NFL is better with you in this league than, than it is without. So um, get, be- get better soon. Sure. Hey, real quick about Caldwell. You know, we, we think about Lions co- head coaching lore or the whole thing of it is pretty bad. You got Mariucci, Morningweg, blah, blah, blah. We can go on and on and on. It didn't work for Jim Caldwell. I was also one of the guys that wanted to see a change because I just felt like he was uh, good or adequate, but maybe not great. Let's just try not to lump him in with all of those guys. He's yeah. a little, he, he he's not he's not any of those guys. He he wasn't a guy that could win it all for us. And if, if I could give you a parallel of another sport, I look at him like I did Rick Carlisle for the Pistons. Rick Carlisle helped us win 45, 50 games a few times, but we probably needed Larry Brown, a great coach, to get us to that next level. I, I think that was why we brought in Matt Patricia, not because Jim Caldwell wasn't good. You know, he was solid, but he just wasn't great. So. Just let's make sure we don't lump him in with a lot of those bozos we had before him. Yeah. I mean, Jim Caldwell is the one coach maybe in Detroit Lions history who became expendable because our expectations were suddenly higher. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's maybe never yeah. happened in the history of this team, at least after 1960. So um, let's uh, let's hope for good things for him. Um, and uh, let's move on to uh, 2019 for now. Um, let's talk about the Detroit Lions schedule. Last week, if you missed it, we talked about the opening quarter of the season, the first four games. Uh, a rough start to the season, at least on paper. But as we mentioned last week, you never really know. You kind of think it looks bad this at this time of year, but it might look a little bit easier after a couple of weeks. Um, the Jets certainly looked like an, a cupcake game last year, and then we all know what happened. And then the Lions went on to beat the Patriots and the Packers and all that. So um, if you want to listen to us talk about that, be, be sure to follow our episode from last week. But now we're going to move on to weeks six through nine. Nice. And those are right out of the bye week. Uh, we're not doing five because five is a bye week. So lines open up against the Packers in Green Bay, Monday night football. Guys, what do you what do you expect from that game? The lines are obviously going to be healthy-ish. They're going to be well rested, but they're they're going into a place where they don't win very often. They're, they win a little bit more now, but they, they certainly don't in terms of the history of this matchup uh do you do you like the Lions chances in this game i uh i can't say that i'm very excited for this game granted no. the lions do get the benefit of a long week just because it is monday night it is their bye week mm-hmm. so they get an awful lot of time to rest which is nice but the problem here is that if aaron Rodgers is playing it's going to be different than the past few times that the lions have played in lambo um True. and you know I, well i mean it's been what over two years, right? Because last year when we played in Lambeau, or when the Lions played in Lambeau, they it was started the, last game the game. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And then the year before that, it was the Hundley experience. Yep. Yeah. So it, that changes everything. So I think is if Aaron Rodgers is healthy and he's playing the Lions, their chances on Monday Night Football outside in the elements versus you know an Aaron Rodgers led team. Provided that the Packers are healthy, I I think that's always something that is a cause for concern for Lions fans. Jerry, what are your thoughts on this game? How do you how do you look at it right now? 
was not not feeling too good. You know, it's been a roller coaster. The season began, it was horrible. Then it was like, man, this Patriot game is awesome. Dallas was like, okay, here here it is. If they win this one, maybe they've turned it around. Uh, but if not, it, the Patriot game probably didn't mean as much, so they lost. So I'm not feeling good about this one uh, for many of the same reasons Ryan mentioned. Um, you know, we have a history now of winning at Lambeau a little bit, but you know, for for, uh, for the most part, that has been a place where we've struggled. So yeah, I was, or uh, or even just against the Packers in general. I think this this one was uh, this one was at home, right? Or was this a this yeah, this was a home game, wasn't it? Well, the the one upcoming will be on the road. All right, I'm confused. This throwback <laughs> thing has got me all over the place. But yeah, I, no, I wasn't good. I wasn't feeling too good about it though because like after that uh, the Cowboys game, yeah, I just kind of negated all the goodwill they earned for the Patriots. Well, okay, so so looking forward to to this game. It's coming out of the bye week. Would would where where else would you prefer this this Packers game to be on the schedule? Because to me, I'm looking at it. and It's like, well, it kind of sucks. This is this is going to be their one nationally tele or primetime game. I shouldn't say nationally televised because of Thanksgiving. But Lions one primetime game is in Lambeau. That's probably one of the worst places it could have been, except for maybe Kansas City. But Kansas City is at home, so I don't know. Maybe Denver or something like that. But getting Green Bay fresh off the bye, that's to me, that's kind of okay. I think the Lions have a pretty good chance in this game. Yeah, I mean, they stand a chance. Like, like I said, coming out of the bye, that that affords you some some uh, opportunities to get your team healthy and things things of that nature. Yeah. I think I want to use that phrase as many times as possible to conjure up good go. spirits and and send good vibes towards Jim Caldwell. But it it just doesn't like it doesn't matter in the end of the day, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is playing. <laughs> I think that change that literally changes everything. Well, I, I mean, that has, such a, that has such a huge impact in the game. Go back to even the Packers game last season, where the Lions or when the Packers were in Detroit. Even with Aaron Rodgers playing and all the bad bounces they got from Audible Dong, the the Packers were still in the game. Sure, there was no way that we felt that that Lions team was going to escape with a. If they were going to do anything, they were going to escape with a win, even though they were up by a huge by a huge lead at halftime because Aaron Rodgers is on that field anything is possible. Well I I I pretty much agree with you there but I mean there there are a lot of questions about this Packers offense this year, right? It wasn't very good last year. Their skill position players aren't that good this year. Their tight ends are all 45 years old. Their mm-hmm. wide receivers are all 19 years old. And but you know besides Devontae Adams and I mean New new head coach, new offensive system. Is 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 there any at least a little bit doubt in you, Jerry, that this Packers offense might not be as you know explosive even with Aaron, a healthy Aaron Rodgers? No, I you know I was live <laughs> at the Hail Mary game, and so oh boy, when you when you experience something that traumatic, <laughs> you, you will always have fear from the person that did you like that. You know that it, it, that was like suffering a uh, uh, crime you know toward me in the form of sports. So no, anytime, you know, I'm, I'm just shell shocked, man. I, all the logic, all the reasoning, you know, you can talk about changes of scheme and this or that you got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I, it, it's going to take a lot of years for me to really have just a ton of confidence. You can go back to uh, a couple of times where the division was on the line. I've just seen it happen too much. So no, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence when we're facing Aaron Rodgers. All right, well, it sounds like you guys forgot that hashtag we own the Packers. But let's move on to the next game, which also happens to be a divisional opponent. 
Lines bring it home and face the Minnesota Vikings, a team that has certainly given them struggles in the past. <laughs> they gave up 10 sacks to this team last year, although that one was in Minnesota. Um, where, where's your confidence level in this game, guys? And I hate to be like just like a, a negative dude, but... Hey, it's okay. Someone needs to fill in for Chris. <sighs> Bazura. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and here's my thing with, with the Vikings, though. So I kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple years ago, it looked so good. They made it to the conference championship and this and that uh, with Case Keenum. And then uh, they bring in Kirk Cousins, and it just didn't really inspire me. Bad signing. But they still have the talent there. They still have, you know, your Harrison Smith and your Xavier Rose. I mean, that defense is is stacked. Um, I feel, I don't know, not a ton of confidence, man. I just have to say, I, I just think they have a better roster than us at this point. Ryan, you feeling the same? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty similar to Jerry. Come I, on, guys. Sorry. He, well, <laughs> the the thing that happened last year, I think, was the Lions were just manhandled by the Vikings every time they played them. And I even think back to the game with the the ill-advised pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the Lions if the Lions weren't if the Lions weren't being outplayed on the field, they were definitely out there making mental mistakes and outplaying themselves on the field too. So it's just something about this team. I think that their their wide receivers have a field day against us for whatever reason. Like Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I think that they're probably the best unit in the NFC North, if not maybe the entire NFC. Throw in Kyle Rudolph. They drafted Irv Smith Jr. I agree with Jerry that Kirk Cousins, it's a pretty lateral move considering what they're able to accomplish with Case Keenum taking them to the NFC Championship game. I think a lot of people expected Kirk Cousins to turn them into an, you know, a Super Bowl contender, which I don't know if Kirk Cousins has had a better year than the year that Case Keenum had that year they went to the NFC Championship game. But that defense is still something to, to not be messed with. And, and the Lions' offense has a, has a tall task if they're going to put, uh, put up a W in this game. Well, yeah, and th- that's the thing for me because I, I think the Lions defense has a much better shot at, at stifling that Vikings offense than they did last year. You know, I don't think the Vikings offensive line is that much better. They obviously drafted, I can't remember his name, someone in the first two rounds. That's right. Um, and they added a free agent or two, but it's still not an impressive unit. If you got Riley starting at left tackle, I'm sorry, that's not an impressive re- unit. And so, and, and we all know the changes that the Lions have made up front. So I think they, they have a good chance there, but the, the Vikings offense has just given this team so much hassle over the past three, four, five years. I think they've scored over 20 points, maybe once or twice, literally since like 2014. So yeah, it, it's certainly going to be a battle and it always is a battle with Minnesota. But I mean, now guys, we're talking about the first six games. I'm not seeing a lot of confidence in Arizona, Chargers, Eagles, Chiefs, Packers, Vikings. I mean, you guys are 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 talking maybe like a one in five, two and four start. Do you guys really think that's that's on the table? One in five, yeah, two and four. Uh, one in five is a stretch. I mean, I, I do think the Lions are a solid team, and they have a good enough roster where, like, it's hard to say which one will be a win, it should be a loss, or vice versa. But right. two and four, I think it's kind of a big difference between one and five and two and four. Two and four, a couple of bounces, you're a five hundred team. So uh, yeah, to me, two and four is definitely realistic. Not not so much one and five. They they not they got too much talent and they've made improvements. Where uh, and I know that's just one game, but I, I don't see one and five. But two and four could happen. I see it as being realistic. 
the only team that I see on paper that Lions are better than are the Arizona Cardinals. I think everything else past that, they have they have an uphill battle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think a lot in a lot of these cases, like with the Packers and and I think even the Vikings and maybe even throw the Eagles in there. I just think the talent levels are close. Maybe I'd probably give the edge to the other team in in all of those, but it's close enough where it's like going to be a 50-50 game. And I think the Lions, you know, they they win a coin flip every now and then. They do, but we we did talk about how difficult the schedule was to to begin. I mean, look at next the 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 week that comes up after that, the Lions are playing the Giants. That right. should be that should be a game where on paper. And you know, we talk about on paper right now, it's July 14th. Right. I'm not trying to you know, I'm not trying to uh, impose myself and and use your use your article for my for my own benefits. But on paper, the Lions, I think, just they're not better than any of those teams. Like I said, but coming up here, they play the Giants, they play the Raiders, they have some opportunities where they play teams like Washington and the Buccaneers. Where I think the Lions have made so many improvements that they they do look better and there's still an awful lot of time, right? It's July 14th. There's still training camp. There's still injuries that are going to happen. Yep. All of those things you need to consider the preseason. There, there's an awful lot of football to be played and for things to kind of work themselves out and see the dust settle before, before we really know what these teams look like on paper, truly. All right. I'm going to lump those, those last two games in real t- together because we're, we're running out of time here in our first segment. I'm going to ask you one question about each of these games. New York Giants, is Eli Manning the quarterback when they when they face the Lions in Week Eight? Yes, forever. He'll be their starter for the next ten years. <laughs> right? No, I think it's going to be Peyton Manning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Raiders, Richie Incognito suspended for this game. Oh yeah, he'll do something dumb. He'll <laughs> verbally, physically abuse someone. Say if I'm something not stupid, yeah, if for I'm sure. Not mistaken, he's already got a suspension coming his way is that true yeah Yeah, he has a two-game suspension that he's facing i'm hoping that it's not a suspension that he's facing i'm hoping that he's in prison (laughs) he's a walking suspension prison or a a psychiatrist room or something because i mean cutting people's head off not 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 a lot of sane people do that just gonna say that all right uh we're gonna wrap up the segment like that um oddly enough when we come back we are gonna do our top 10 list cast 2019 for cornerbacks. We only got two more left after this, so you guys better savor this one. We'll come back. Let's start our list cap. And we are back with the POD cast, your Detroit Lions SB Nation podcast. We are here now to talk, bring some list casting back to the to the podcast. We are going back to defense. We did, what did we do last week? We did wide receivers. Is that right? We did. So now we've done wide receivers. We've done tight ends. We've done edge rushers. And I believe that's it. So if you, if you want to hear a list cast, make sure. To go back weeks, past three weeks to catch those. But now we're doing cornerbacks, going back to defense. Um, we had this is a really tough list, and, and we'll get into it a little bit later. Just 
just because it seems to change a lot every year and we're going to reference a lot of our, our list last year because we, we just looked at it and it's a lot different than our list this year. But before we get into our top 10 for this year, we're going to make some arguments for players that just missed out on our list. Um, Jerry, this, this week we had, let me go through our voters this week. It went, it was me, Jerry, John, Kyle, Hamza, Justin, and Ryan, of course. Um, let's start with, with Jerry. Um, what's one guy you voted for that didn't make our top 10? I'm going to go with Adoree Jackson. Now, this was someone that I was very high on uh, in terms of the draft because he brings a couple things to the table. So his first year, uh, it wasn't anything to write home about. It was okay. Uh, but he he was a solid starter. He started all the games. But his second year, you saw a vast improvement. So if you're going, you know, a number of ways you can look at this. Pro football focus, he was in the top 20 for cornerbacks uh, of last year. I think he was around the 15 or so range. Very solid uh, season. He had a couple picks, but um, he didn't do a ton in the uh, the return game uh, as he did in his rookie year. I think that I don't I don't know. I mean, are we adding like someone's overall value? Because I added him in there because of his return ability. I, I think it's it's fair. It it's maybe not quite at the heart of the list cast, but you know, list cast yeah. has no rules, so you you go with what you want, and if if that puts someone over the top, I think that's fair. Yeah, it was close with him and a couple of guys, but um, just the overall value as a player, uh, his return ability, um, I added him in there. So I like it. I like what he's done so far. He's young, uh, highly touted out of USC. He's got all the athletic measurables. Kind of started putting it together last year, had a solid year. And I think this year, since you know these lists are kind of a projection, I think he takes off, takes that next step. All right, Ryan, who's the one guy on your list that you are pissed? That didn't make the, the the top ten here. That I am just downright upset and angry about. Mine <laughs> is Denzel Ward, and he was a rookie. Yeah, that's lab. irresponsible. That's irresponsible. Not to cut you off. Come on, guys. <laughs> I didn't have him top ten. Yeah, I I just I, I can't believe that he didn't make the list. Now, I mean, first round, fourth overall pick. There were a lot of expectations that came with with Denzel, and I think that he just met all of them. Now, typically, when I'm when I'm in the grocery store and I'm shopping for my for my cornerbacks, I want them to be stout run defenders. Like I want them to not be uh, not be you know Deion Sanders. I love Deion Sanders. He's like the one exception, but I want somebody who's willing to put their shoulder in and and make a play on the outside. And I think that's why I'm so partial to people like Darius Slay because he shows like a real a real like will and want to do that. Denzel Ward doesn't meet any of those requirements. He's I mean he's really like a he's like a pad he's He's definitely like a pad guy. So he just great in coverage, though. I mean, three picks. He made the Pro Bowl last season. Um, I know the, I mean, take the Pro Bowl for what it's worth. But yeah, I thought Denzel Ward had a, uh, I thought he had a really good season. I think he's going to even take another step next year. He was, he was ranked pretty highly on PFF, ended up with, um, did end up with uh, three interceptions. So, uh, you know, take interceptions for what they're worth, but it seemed like he was a guy that a lot of, you know, only played in 13 games too. So maybe some room to to be a little bit more available in terms of play, but Denzel Ward can't believe he didn't make the list. Shame on everybody. As Jerry said, <laughs> he did come in at what? Uh, 14th. So you and Jerry were, were two of the three people who had him on the, on their list. Fair enough. But uh, the, the, all right, my guy that I'm mad about, and he did come in at 11th, so he, he was close. But he was also the 2018 leader in interceptions. He was also the 2018 leader in 
passes defended. He was also number seven in PFF's uh, overall grade. I think you all are being a little bit mean to Kyle Fuller. I think the only reason he's not on this list is because he plays for the Chicago Bears. That's fine. That's why I don't have him on mine. I don't, <laughs> well, at least you're honest. At least yep. you're honest. That's why Xavier Rhodes didn't make my list. <laughs> Xavier well, he Rhodes, actually, actually kind of sucks. So. You won't be hearing because he didn't make anyone's list. Spoiler alert. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller has been around long enough where I think he deserves a little more respect than he's getting. The year he had last year was basically the, the 2017 that Darius Slay had. So maybe going forward, people will kind of talk about him a little bit more. But he's he's very he's very He's a top 10 corner. There's no question about it. He, yeah, but I, I definitely think I had a little Bears bias. And you know, I, was, <laughs> I was looking at that <laughs> bottom of that list. I'm like, uh, uh, let's, let's see what a Dory Jackson can do. <laughs> 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 Kyle Fuller was number 10 on my list too and I think one of maybe his most impressive stats is uh something that they track over at Pro Football Focus but he uh only gave up a passer rating of 66.6 which among cornerbacks that was third best in the league of anybody who played at least um who played at least like 600 snaps so that's pretty pretty good that is you know what else was pretty good these top 10 cornerbacks let's get into it Number 10 was a guy that actually neither of you two voted for, so I guess I'm going to have to stand for him a little bit. Xavier Howard, the, the Dolphins cornerback, and mm-hmm. a young guy just got paid a lot. Maybe didn't have an outstanding 2018 season, but I do think he's a guy that, that certainly deserves some attention. And, and I, I don't even know why I'm saying he didn't have a good 2018 because he did also have seven interceptions, same as Kyle Fuller. <laughs> lead, lead, led the league in, in, in that figure. Um, 19 passes defended. That puts him in the top 10, or top 5, I should say. Um, I, I think maybe he still has to prove a little bit more. I, To me, I don't I mean, I mean, don't know what it is. What do, Does he need to be on a better team to get more recognition from you guys? What, what, what's going on here? Why, why don't you have Xavier Howard up, up in the conversation? Not enough that, yet? That contract kind of, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing out so many reasons not pertaining on the field, but hey, <laughs> like, Bobby, like, like Bobby Brown said, it's my prerogative. I know that contract kind of threw me off. Is he like the top paid cornerback now? Uh, yeah, he's, I believe I he was number, after. Yeah. I'm not sure if he yes. still is, but yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's number on. one. So that kind of <laughs> threw me off um, was that he's paid like an elite. I don't think he's there yet. Now, he has been solid, but, um, you know, to be honest, this wasn't like a Bears bias. I just, you know, if I was, if I did 15, you know, he would have been in there. So he probably sure. just missed my list. And, uh, you know, a top 15 cornerback is still solid. But, you know, the, the contract may be jaded a little bit, but really he just was on the outside of my top 10. Fair enough. Uh, Ryan, why don't you take our number nine? Since you had him, it looks like seventh. Number nine, Desmond King, if I'm reading this list correctly, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Desmond King, I think, could have been even higher on my list. And to kind of kick it back to why Xavier Howard didn't appear on my list is because I've really been burned by some flash in the pan players. Like last year, our my number one cornerback and your number two cornerback, Jeremy, was Casey Hayward. Yep. Spoiler alert, he's on nobody's list this year. So I think that was the reason why I didn't have a guy like Howard on there. But for Desmond King, he's done it a couple of years in a row now. So I think he's kind of he's edging into that territory where he's just going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to be, he's going to be popping up on people's top five lists, maybe even, um, you know, maybe even higher by the time he puts in another really good season. Cause I think he's, he's a guy who fits kind of the mold of the cornerbacks that I was talking about earlier, you know, good in the run defense, um, 
really plays uh, really plays well in coverage as well. He was uh, one of Pro Football Focus's highest ranked cornerbacks. Uh, he actually was their second highest rated cornerback. But yeah, um, yeah he he just he, he does a little bit of everything too. And I think he you know he has that versatility where he can line up outside. He can play in the slot. Um, he's a uh, he's he's a really good cornerback. And I think that after this year, it might cement him as like I said, he might even move up higher on other people's list by the end of the year. I believe he's like a huge, yeah, he's a huge slot guy. He's one, I think he may have been PFS highest graded slot last year. Him had, or, had to have been if he, because he was a yeah, number two corner. So it was either him or another guy that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Plus, you just got to love guys who are from, <clears throat> from Detroit. There you go. There you go. All right, let's move on to our number eight. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to, Jerry, I'm going to have you tackle this because you had him number six. Yeah. Uh, Tredavious White. Now, it was it was kind of a tale of two seasons. His rookie year, it was it was I, th- I would say it's vastly underrated. People didn't really talk mm-hmm. about him. You know, Marshawn Lattimore got a ton of shine, and you know a lot of different things going on. But he was uh, actually the uh, and we you know Pro Football Focus is a good barometer, so you'll probably be hearing their name mentioned a number of times. We're talking about these guys. You know, hopefully you guys like PFF. He was the PFF uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2017. He was the second rated cornerback in all the football. Um, according to PFF, in his rookie year. I think he had like a 92 grade. This guy is amazing in coverage. He makes plays on the ball. And that's all his rookie year. Now, his second year in the league was not quite as good. And I was trying to figure out why he uh, he played the whole year. I don't know if he had some nagging, lingering injuries. Uh, he had two picks, and just overall the effectiveness wasn't quite there. But I put him on my list and pretty high because I think that first year was not a fluke. Uh, perhaps the second year was – you know, a down year for a number of reasons, and you'll have a big bounce back. If he plays similar to his rookie year with that added experience, I don't see why he can't be a top five guy. He was close think, to top five uh, in his rookie year. Right. I think the problem was he played for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It <laughs> has, has, has a lot to do with it. It has to. Yeah, if we're going to play the, the media's bias game as, as a Detroit Lions fan, we have to recognize that the Bills probably have it maybe even worse. No doubt. Yeah. All right, uh, number seven wasn't on my list, but I'll still uh, I'll still talk about him. Uh, Byron Jones, Dallas Cowboys cornerback, um, kind of had a, a quiet year last year. Only had fourteen passes defended, no interceptions. But he's also one of those guys that isn't afraid to to get his nose dirty. He's had sixty tackles at least every single year in his career. He had eighty two in in twenty seventeen, eighty eight the year before that, um, just sixty seven last year. But um, also ranked what a twelfth in PFF's grade. So. Um, I, I, like Jerry said before, I, this is a guy that probably would land in my top 15, and, and that's that's good enough, but uh, not quite there uh, in my top 10. Yeah, I think what's interesting, too, about Byron Jones is that this season, or for the 2018 season, he actually switched from free safety to cornerback. So this was his first year playing corner, and he ended up making a Pro Bowl. And I I know. I, I keep <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Pro Bowl is what the Pro Bowl is, and... I'm definitely never going to give Mitch Trubisky credit for making it, but <laughs> my argument, that's how you do things. This is how sports talk radio works. Yes. <laughs> He's an athlete. He is an athletic just wonder, man. You remember that True. broad jump he had at the combine? It was, it was something crazy, like 11 something. I mean, it looked like uh, uh, CGI or something. Um, all the measurables have been there. And like Ryan said, this was his first year at corner. So, yeah, I, I had him on my list. And he, he probably didn't even know how to play corner correctly the right way. He's been, a, you know, playing safety there. And uh, I, I believe he went to UConn. It's not, you know, the best competition there. So 
his ceiling is is really high. I, I was I was kind of feeling frisky. I was debating if I was going to put him like in my top three or four because uh, he he has all the tools to be great. Spoiler: You put him three. There you oh, go. I did. I did put him that high. Great. You put yeah, him I, three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was feeling frisky. I love that. Dude. <laughs> All right, uh, now let's move to number six. This is the the slot corners that I was talking about. Guy who who's been at the top of these lists for for some a few years now. Chris Harris. Ryan, tell us about Chris Harris. Chris Harris is the best kept secret in the NFL because I don't think I hear people talk about him nearly enough because he is one of those elite cornerbacks. Like mm-hmm. I think he belongs in the same discussion as people from the past, like Darrell Revis. I think he, I think, I, th- I truly I'm think, with you. yeah, I, I think that he's, he's put in so many years now where you just have to consider like people, like they don't want to try him. The last time that he was, he was really targeted, uh, you know, a lot was 2015 and, you know, he had, he had 103 targets uh, his way, but ever since then, 84 targets in 2016, 55 targets in 2017, 63 targets in 2018. People just don't want to throw to him because last year he was second in the NFL in passer rating against. He had three interceptions, but he was only targeted sixty-three times. That's yeah. that's an incredible. It, I mean, his 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 ability and coverage is is second to none. And he's also one of those guys too, like you mentioned, willing to get his nose dirty, plays in the backfield, makes stops, makes big plays. He does it all the time. And I think even you know he's what six on our list. I had him at. Uh, yeah, six, six I, well. I had yeah, I had him at six as well, and, and this is the case with all the list casts. At at some point, you're kind of just splitting hairs. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know he's turning thirty this year. Maybe that's going to have something to do with maybe a decrease in play because that's always kind of the, the the you know the scary number that a lot of NFL players run into. But what do you love so much about Chris Harris? I mean, it's 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 just what you said. I mean, the dude is essentially an elite cornerback that we somehow overlook all the time. I mean. That's kind of weird to say for a four-time Pro Bowl, first-time, you know, you know, first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, all that sort of stuff, Super Bowl champion, whatever you want to throw at him. I mean, the guy's super talented. I had him number two on my list. I just think he's, like, established himself as that name, as that he's done it long enough. And, and we were talking about this off-air, like, consistency is so hard at cornerback. To be in the conversation of a top-five cornerback for, for as long as he has, mm-hmm. that in it itself is just a show of how true his talent is. because. You look at our list last year, we had a guy, we had a bunch of guys that aren't on our list this year, right? We had uh, Casey Hayward. He was Casey Hayward. Casey Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. AJ Bouye. Yep, not on our list this year. Um, Akib Talib, not on our list this year. Uh, they, they just come and go. And Chris Harris is a guy who doesn't come and go. He's, he's there. He's good. And maybe he hits that 30 wall this year. Maybe he doesn't. But to me, he's the fact that he's not in the top five is, is criminal in my opinion. And I think the one other thing too, the name that we did mention to keep to leave, I think people thought, well, you know, he has to leave on the other side that, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of helps him out too. There was no to last year and he was still one of the top corners in the NFL. So it's not anything where he needed to be propped up by the good play of somebody else too. He really proved last year that he is the shutdown lockdown corner that you don't want to even test or throw at. All right, let's get to it. Our top five starts with a familiar name, Darius Slay. Jerry, give it to me. Tell, tell me about Darius Slay. Darius Slay, cornerback. Uh, he plays for Detroit Lions. <laughs> and, and as we know, 
you know, there's some contract situations going on, but if you look at some of his his Twitter feed and different things like that, he's working out. He's getting some some reps in. Uh, there's been a, a a small uproar in terms of if he deserves a new contract or not. Uh, some people talk about how he didn't have a good year last year. Now, I wouldn't say that. I just don't think it was good as some of the, the previous years. It was it was slightly down. Um, but, you know, we know who Darius Slay is. This is a solid corner, uh, one of the the top corners we've had in quite some time, multiple Pro Bowls. He, he has a knack for the ball. And uh, I'm really excited to see how he plays because he has a little bit more help this year. Um, he has some help in the mm-hmm. slot. He has some help on the defensive line. Uh, the run defense will be solid. It should be. Uh, hey, snacks for the entirety of the year. Um, he's been out there doing what he's done. We're doing what, you know, what he does for quite some time. And we have not had really a star studded cast around him. But I think we have some of the most talent we've, uh, you know, acquired uh, in quite some time. And I think Darius Slay is going to benefit from it. You can't pick and choose um, as much when you when you got, you know, another solid corner in the slot and you got Trey Flowers breathing down your back. So uh, I think he'll have a spike in interceptions this year. And uh, Slay is one of the best in the game. And please come back. We miss you. We need you. Get the money situated. And uh, let's have a great year. And just to briefly talk about last year, because I feel like a lot of people think, well, this is it. You know, he's he's hit the twilight of his career. It's only downhill from from now for here now. I think your point about the Lions having uh, more help back there is 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 really poignant because I'm buying in fully to the theory that Darius Slay was in the slot too much last year, and that's what caused him to not look so good because he's so much better as an outside corner. He's so yep. much more comfortable there. And now that the Lions have a shutdown nickel corner. They're gonna. He's gonna look a lot better this year. I really do think that. I'm really buying. I'm really drinking that Kool Aid. And maybe it is Kool Aid. Maybe it isn't. But I'm all in on Darius Slay being a top five cornerback. I had him number five. Um, again, it's it's a consistency thing. He's been a consistently very very good corner for the past three or four years, and that's not easy to do in this league. Yep, his passer rating in the slot was is much lower than anything he does on the outside. So you're right. He's yep. not gonna have to play on the slot as much, and that should help him overall too. Yep. All right, number four, uh, a guy who's, I think he cracked the list last year after a good rookie season, Marshawn Lattimore. Ryan, tell me tell me about Marshawn Lattimore. Your number three, our number four. Oh, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore. <clears throat> this is a guy who I even had on my list last year, so I'm kind of just standing for him consistently. Yeah. So I'm yep. going gonna, gonna to keep on that train. And I know, I know it's, you know, by PFF grades, he did have a little bit of a drop-off in performance. He, you know, leveled out a little bit. But last year I had him at number four on my list. I think, I think just last year the Saints, you know, their defense wasn't quite what it was as in you know years past. I think that rookie year where Lattimore played, they had him, and uh, they just had some other big players in the defensive backfield that uh, really made that unit formidable for whatever reason. Kind of a little bit of you know leveling off, maybe maybe kind of a regress to the to the mean to the median, but. Marshawn Lattimore, I think, is just one of those guys that is going to be consistently good. And when when I say he had a down year, he still graded out at 74 for total defense, 72 in coverage. He finished one spot behind Jalen Ramsey. And we know how everybody feels about Jalen Ramsey. So uh, PFF grades, as always, not always the end-all, be-all. But uh, still had a couple picks last year. He did a good job in coverage, I think, too. I mean, he only gave up... um, he only gave up 51 catches, so for a 66.2% uh, completion rate. He uh, 
still a really good corner. Yep. I think he still has a lot to prove in this league, but uh, he's also proven a fair amount in this league. So I think it's fair to, to keep him obviously in the top 10. I think, I think four might be a little high for him, but we'll see. Hopefully he proves me wrong. I hope he um, does. Let's go to number three, a guy that's proven a lot of people are long um, and, and been a mainstay of this list for a long time. That's Patrick Peterson, the guy who's going to get traded to the Lions at some point in his career because Lions fans have called for it for maybe four years in a row, I would say. But the Lions won't see him week one because he's uh, serving a suspension. But I think uh, we can all agree that he deserves to be on this. So actually, we, we can't all agree that he should be on this, I should say, because Jerry did not have him on his list. Yeah, I just I just factored in a suspension. I mean, in okay. terms of play, was it it's a four game or is it six game? Or... I believe it's four. Yeah, and so if if I was putting him on my list, let's say you know the the suspension is lifted, he wouldn't have been in my top five this year. Okay, I just think I do think cornerback is kind of a young man's game, and sure. although he has been great, and he's not as old as you probably think, he's been in the league quite some time. But he, I think he got drafted. He was like twenty. He's probably only like twenty eight. But I do factor in the fact that he's got some miles on him. And I think with, with that cornerback position, it's one of those ones where uh, eventually it starts to affect you. Then maybe you move to safety. And so it's it's a young man's game. So if the suspension was lifted and I thought he was going to play all 16 games, I would have probably had him around six or seven, which is lower than the consensus anyway. But then you add the suspension, I just took him off completely. Yeah, just turned 29, which, yeah, like you said, every single year I'm surprised by how young he is because he's been in the league for so long, but um, what, what else can you say about the guy? I just... always, I always think Patrick Peterson is the same age as Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got to do too. Exactly. <laughs> but he's not like, he's always a year away from 30. Like that's just how it always works with Patrick Peterson's age. Yep. I feel like he was playing when I was in high school and that was 15 <laughs> years ago. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, man. Maybe, maybe Patrick Peterson was in the league as a 14 year old. Maybe. I believe it. Feels like it. It's like I remember playing with him on like Dreamcast or something. (laughs) He is ageless. All right, let's go to number two. The trash talker himself, Jalen Ramsey, comes in at number two. Um, Let's see. Jerry, you had him as number one, so talk up some Jalen Ramsey love. Well, he's a stud, and uh, it's a lot of things going on with him. I I think I'm the king of the like outside factors as to why I'm doing these rankings. (laughs) Hey. He's about he's about to get paid, and and mm-hmm. you, you look at his persona and his personality, the way he is. You know, typically we say, "Hey, guys, on the contract year, they're really going to you know do something." I think he's the ultimate personification of someone that will increase their play, that will play harder, that will play better, and will completely focus to have as good a season as he can because he's about to get paid. I think there was a little clip somewhere where it's him and Leonard Fournette talking on Snapchat, and everyone can see it, and, he, and he's you know he's talking about. The fact that the Jaguars did not give him uh, the extension this year. So he's like, hey, you know, I was going to give him a hometown discount this year, but they didn't want to do it. <laughs> he says, so now he does this whistle. I can't whistle. He does this whistle like, boy, I'm, I'm about to break the bank. I believe in it. The, the talent is there, first of all. Uh, last year wasn't quite as good. Um, he had a very good rookie year. His second year, he was a pro bowler, or all pro. Um, I mean, the guy's legit, and uh, he's ready to get paid. He's, you know, I do favor younger cornerbacks. He's only 24 years old. So it's a perfect storm. This man, I, th- I think he wants to make 17, 18 million a year, and he's going to do everything he can to make it happen. And he has the skill set to, to make it happen, I believe. Yeah. And a lot of, I think a lot of the perception of his game last year 
was the perception of Jacksonville's defense overall, which obviously took a huge, huge step back. Right, and maybe right. his reputation hit, took a hit as kind of like uh, collateral damage or something. But uh, yeah, dude, definitely, definitely is a top three quarterback right now. I don't think there's any question to it. Um, we certainly all, well, I had him fourth, so um, <clears throat> pretend I said four back then. Uh, anyways, let's get to our number one, a guy that no one had on their list last year, gained five of seven first place votes in our list this year. The Patriots, Stefan Gilmore. What made him jump so high in one year? Was it just because he's with the Patriots now? What's happening here? Someone explain it to me. I think specifically with Stefan Gilmore, everybody thought he was a good cornerback in Buffalo, but then, you know, that 2016 season, the, the year before he joined the Patriots, that 2016 season, he had five picks, you know, puts himself into, you know, interceptions really i think they're kind of they're i think they're overvalued by the mainstream media i think people you know they get caught up in fantasy football and whatever and uh you know interceptions are a really easy thing to say hey that player was directly you know uh they're directly responsible for this turnover that was made and i think that that was a leaping off point and then in new england his level of play has just gone to a completely other level i mean uh, last year, he finally makes uh, his first all-pro team. Um, and he was the number one quarter, cornerback rated by Pro Football Focus. He's just, I mean, he was second in coverage. The only guy he was behind was Desmond King, who was also on my list because he's a dude too. But yeah, Stephon Gilmore, every, everything about him just screams not only, I, I, I don't think it's a Patriot thing though, because I mean, targeted 90 times last year, only gave up 42 receptions for a 46.7 reception rate, which is uh, which was number two in the NFL of anybody who played at least 50 percent of 100 or of 1100 snaps, so he's just uber talented, you know. And I think what what's happened in New England is that's just all been, I think a, a really good player has gone into a really good scheme and a really good yep. fit for him. It's why the Patriots. I mean, they did something really uncharacteristic of themselves, right? They're not normally known for shilling, shilling yep. out and. Uh, shelling out a lot of money to get players and keep players. And Stephon Gilmore was guy, a guy that they clearly valued. They gave him a big contract and look at what a really good player is doing in, in a system that has set him up for such great success. Yeah, and I think that last point is, is really the important one there because I feel like we always have a Patriots cornerback in our list, whether it's him or, or Ty Law. If we, I mean, I don't think we were doing it back in Ty Law days, but um, Akeem Tlaib, whatever is they just put their players in such good positions. And and it, part of it is, is, you know, having the, the complimentary players. A lot of it is coaching. It's just they know that these guys are talented and they know what they're talented at, so they put them in those sort of positions. And that's why they get all this press. And obviously also because the Patriots are good, but uh, they, they know how to make their players look even better. They know how to make a guy like Kyle Van Hoy look good. So there you go. That's all you need to know. All right. I think that does it. Anything anything else you guys want to say where we messed up, where we're the smartest people in the room? Probably Dory Jackson. I, I, got, I got a little high on, my, on myself on that one. But, I mean, I do like him, but if I could do uh, one, you know, look at one that might kind of bite me in the butt, it would be a Dory Jackson. But it's all good. I like the dude. He's got swagger, USC kid. So I'll be rooting for him. All right. If you guys want to see our individual list, how each of us voted – Head over to PrideDetroit.com, look for this Pride of Detroit podcast post, and we'll link to it in there. Otherwise than that, are you guys ready for the mailbag? Let's do it. All right. When we come back, mailbag time.
Mail time. Ask hashtag SPOD if you guys ever have a question for us. Uh, I will also be answering some leftover questions on a weekly post. I forgot last week. I'm sorry, but no one yelled at me, so no one probably noticed. So I'm not apologizing. I take back my apology. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, we're gonna go. You know, I, I let people know that Jerry was gonna be on the podcast, so we have at least one Jerry specific question. Are you ready? Aww, I feel special. Thanks. You're going to feel even more special after this. Uh-oh. Not worried. <laughs> Cordy Aaron TTV. We're, we're, we're uh, pushing Twitch accounts, I guess, now. But I know Cordy. He's a good guy. Uh, does Jerry Mallory, a.k.a. the best POD member, know how many cylinders I need in my car to maximize its potential? <laughs> <laughs> and is there such a thing as too many cylinders? Yeah, uh, I'm not a car guy. You can add me to that list of, uh, you know, dudes. It's funny, man. I work in a, a field where, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a handy guy or whatever. I work in a construction field and, you know, cars and hunting and all those things are, you know, that's, that's just the way it is, man. You got to be a man. And uh, yeah, that's not me, though. My, all, all of my man mojo has really just been sucked into sports, you know, and, and just become an absolute sports geek. So. No, I, I'm not a big car dude, man. If, if something don't work, I take it to the dealership and uh, they fix it for me. And um, yeah, that's it. So no cylinders for me. Thanks for that compliment. Love you, buddy. <laughs> the correct answer is there are never too many cylinders, by the way. Take it, from, take it from a car guy. Can't get enough cylinders in those cars <laughs> these days. I wish I wish they'd figure out a way to put more of them in there. <laughs> All right. I love this question from Waybay51. Uh I don't know if you guys heard the comments from Mike Vrabel, uh, but he recently said on a podcast that he would probably cut his own, uh, let's just say member off, if it would lead to the Titans winning the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> so w- Waybay asked, what would we be willing to cut off for a Lions Super Bowl? My hair? <laughs> so you'd shave your head? Something, something that can grow back? <laughs> your fingernails. I think Vrabel thinks it could grow back. That's why he. That's why he was willing to, to sacrifice it. Is that something that he learned in New England? He needs a lesson in anatomy. I don't. He just thinks it's a chameleon tail in yep. front. I, I think. I think there was even. I think so that that comment got picked up by somebody, and I think Vrabel's wife like quote tweeted it or said something <laughs> that she was like, "Yeah, I'm on board with it." Like, and I'm like, uh, Damn. "Wow!" I was like, "Uh oh, Vrabel!" Like, what? Is, <laughs> what? Mike Vrabel in the John Wayne Bobbitt story. Yeah. <laughs> would, would you like maybe like the tip of your pinky? Or which, which finger do you use the least? No, it'd have to be a toe. Like your your ring toe. I would cut off my ring toe maybe. I'm grabbing things right now. I'm testing out my fingers and I'm moving my toes. I'm trying <laughs> to see which. I'm putting them through a little gauntlet right now, seeing which one is the most, uh, you know, most likely to be cut. And I think I want them all, man. I'm grabbing bottles and pens and stuff right now and yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on all of that and then uh that's just hilarious that vrabel's wife was so okay <laughs> with this proposition and, you know we 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 could have a whole separate podcast about that but uh yeah so she she quote tweeted the dan levitard show uh that said is mike vrabel's wife mad at him for saying he would cut off his you know what 
for uh, Super Bowl Super Bowl win as a coach, and she said, "Not mad at all. I actually offered to help with the process." <laughs> Whoa! So quite literally, <clears throat> wow. little uh, Lorraine Bobbitt story, I think, in the making here. It'll be a lifetime movie. So glad Jerry. I'm so glad Jerry's on the podcast to bring up a Bob. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you got you guys waited for that one, man. I'm, I think so, I'm surprised Brian even understood that reference. I know. Micah Stamper, we're gonna ask a serious Lions question here. Ask if Quinn converted Slays and Snacks contract to fully guaranteed. Do you think that would end their mini holdout? Now, a lot of talk with both those contracts are that both of them are essentially out of guaranteed money at this point in their. Their contract, they're they're still earning competitive salaries, but none of it's guaranteed. Um, if you if they just converted to to guaranteed, you think that would fix it? I don't know. I think both those guys probably view themselves as being top five players of their position, if not sure. better. And I neither of them are being compensated in a way that that demonstrates that. So I, or, I, or, I don't I know. Don't, I I would make the argument that Slay is at least with his salary this year i know he's at least in, i think he's in the top two okay. so I, well, I think there's a chance that he would be okay with that snacks however that dude needs to be demanding for more money oh totally and you know what i think i guess i should be i should be a little bit revisionist in what i'm saying about slay so i mean while he is getting paid while he's getting paid well i think that there are some other corners that are probably about to get paid like you look at the jalen ramseys of the world Xavier Howard just got paid. There's no way that I would ever take Xavier Howard over Darius Slay. So I think what Slay is, what he's doing is kind of twofold, right? Like one, I think he sees the writing on the wall where he's getting older. I'm trying to secure some guaranteed money moving forward because, you know, not not every down is promised in the NFL. And I think with, with him as well, he probably thinks of himself as the best corner in the league. So why shouldn't I be getting paid like the best corner in the league rather than just like a top three or whatever? We're going to move on to our next question from Lions. Twit SP asks, hashtag SPOD, would you rather go 18-1 and and lose the Super Bowl or go 0-16? This is an easy one, guys, right? Yeah, make the Super Bowl. I mean, 0-16 is, is horrible. I mean, losing the Super Bowl would suck, but, I, you know, I think about just making it to the Super Bowl, and literally I, I can get teary-eyed just thinking about making it there, man. Right. So, yeah, I, I, just, just to go there would be amazing. Um, it, it would fulfill one of my lifelong sports dreams, and uh, yeah, it would suck to lose, but we made it to the Super Bowl. That's yeah, it's no brainer. Same for you, Ryan. What was the question? Alrighty, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, is this the year? Lions question mark ask. Uh, and this was kind of a comment going in the comment section in Pride Detroit all week. Uh, would. Y- Detroit or any other team eliminate the long snapper position to carry another position of need as in (laughs) why not? Why would you ever want to take food (laughs) off of Don Muehlbeck's table? What kind of monster are you? Here's I think they'd eliminate quarterback before they did that, man. Muehlbeck forever. (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. I mean, even Muehlbeck obsessiveness aside, I think people underestimate how hard it is to long snap because it's not just about, a spiral it's not just about getting it accurate it's about getting it in the right rotations so that when the holder holds it the laces are already out laces trouble out. with the snap sorry <laughs> i hate you <laughs> <laughs> i i agree i mean 
Jeremy, even it was interesting, Jelani Tavai's comments, right, about if he could play any other position, it would be long snapper <laughs> yeah. for, for longevity and, and things like that. So, But I, I don't think it's any – I mean, look at the Lions. Look at what Bob Quinn did. Bob Quinn drafted a long snapper. Yeah, important to him. That. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about the end of the end of the draft still, but, you know, a six-round pick is, is nothing to bat an eyelash at. I, I think that – I think that this is one of those – this is one of those things where Madden has kind of warped people's brains because there is no long snapper. I, right. Recently there, there became one, but I think in the, in the early stages, it was always a really poorly rated tight end. So I just don't think people think long snappers are important, but long snappers are people and long snappers rights are human rights. So. I can see a team. trying <laughs> I could see a team trying to get creative and say, hey, this guy is he he's a good whatever and a long snapper. And they try to do like a two for one. Maybe like there's some random guy that's like, uh, uh, you know, you're starting tight end or second string tight end. But he's great at long snapping. And they say, you know what? We're not going to have an actual just full time long snapper. This guy can do both. I can see them trying that and I can see it being a disaster and it costing them. So and it would never happen again. I think it should have to be the highest paid players responsibilities on the team. So your highest paid player should have to pull double duty. So Matthew Stafford should be long snapping too. Gotta earn it, man. They would be mm. good at it though, right? They have the arm strength. <laughs> I I guess. All right. Uh let's finish up with the the one topic that uh, that kind of had the NFL in the news this week and that's the the owners officially proposing the idea to the NFLPA of an 18 game season. And we didn't get a specific question on this. We basically got like a 70 comment thread of people debating whether this is a good or bad idea. So I'll ask a question. Is there any type of scenario in which you would want an 18 game season? So what they proposed was something a little bit interesting and more crazy that each player can only play the maximum of 16 games. And I think everyone is against that, but I'm asking you, is there any scenario in which you would, favor an 18 game season to what we have now i honestly can't think of one no i don't want it and that whole you know you know how much that would change rosters and things if you could if your starting quarterback could only play 16 games yeah. so now backups are at a premium and it's just a whole weird thing so right you know, and you I, say I just, backups that are a premium but like who <laughs> there aren't right. there aren't 32 good starters in this league yes so, so you're really so at this point you you know you're just gonna have to no matter what you have a healthy uh Matthew Stafford here so now you have to play you know savage no matter what because he can only yeah. so then do you choose the two games you know does someone look and say oh man we've got uh you know we've got this bum team coming up we'll throw our back I mean it's no I can't think of a scenario I don't want it as much as I love football football junkie fantasy football junkie no it's, it's just no scenario where I, I see that it would be a need for it so I, I hope it doesn't happen I think one of my favorite memes that came out of this was <clears throat> this kid who's skipping all these steps, right? And these steps are things that people have been pounding the table for for years and years and years now. You know, ex- expanding the playoffs to get rid of buys, uh, you know, more meaningful games, make the make the preseason shorter, expand game day rosters, <laughs> you know, replace refs with robots, and the it's the NFL like the boy just skipping all of those steps to let's put two random preseason games in the middle of the year. Like, cause yeah. that's essentially yeah. what this is. Like, I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're taking two games where 
you want to hold your starters back, you have to do this this really dumb strategic thing. Like I don't even want to call it strategic because it's just you have to make dumb choices where we're going to put lesser talent out on the field. Like why would anybody want to why would anybody want to watch that? That's not it's not fun. Well, and, and to be clear, it's not like they would be throwing all of their backups in for one game. No, they, but they I mean, spread it out a little bit. But like, just think what that would do to offensive line chemistry, something like that. Like, you're probably not going to do all backups for one game in, in your offensive line. So you're going to have a bunch of different offensive line combos going to lead to a lot worse play. And it, it's just, yeah, it's weird. That that whole aspect of it is is obviously never going to pass. I don't. And then if you've got. Uh, what, what, 48 guys dress every week? So let's just say you got 50 guys you kind of like here on your team of your 53 man, and you don't want to load it all on one week. Maybe some coach say, hey, I'm going to load it all on one week so all my guys can play. So if you spread it out, that means three of your guys you normally would like to play every single game wouldn't play. It, it, I just, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Um, how would you spread that out, you know? How would you factor that in? How do you factor in injuries, you know? You sit Matthew Stafford for two games, then he gets hurt after that, where you could have just, oh man, we could have waited. You right. know, those two. The, the, that's, yes. that's just crazy, man. Come on. Get, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not, not a fan of that. So would you, would you approve? What, what if it meant cutting two preseason games out and everything else is the same? You can play 18 games now. That's fine. Everyone can play 18 games. There are two less preseason games. We get more football. Happy? Nope. Ryan? You happy? No. no. All right, don't yell at me. No. <laughs> it's more football though. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm I'm not a fan either. Who's who's complaining about right now? Like who who's like oh, 16 games? <laughs> I don't think anybody has any right to complain about anything other than the players at this point. Yeah. I think the players are the only people who have a right to complain after seeing what other leagues are doing in terms of their players and guaranteed contracts and the money that they're getting. And especially with what Ravel tweeted out the other day about the, 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 uh, sorry, the, uh, the profit sharing in the league or the revenue sharing and each team getting like $273 million. Sure. Jalen Ramsey is looking at that and saying like, "Mm, yep. And they want me to take a discount, expand game day rosters, bigger rosters. Then we can talk. And then, then, then I feel like it's it's okay to talk about eighteen game seasons and none of this nonsense where it's you can only play sixteen games. Get them, Ryan. Get them. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the workers' rights person for Chris right now. There you go. Trying to trying to represent. All right. Speaking of Chris, we're gonna end on his uh, slogan. What do you call it? Motto. See y'all star aside. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.